nothing. What is nothing? Now that's deep. What in the fuck are we doing here? Back. Free socks. What is something? That's deep, bro. Deep Bro, Serious Questions with Silly People. I'm your host, Christina P. <laughs> and, uh, hey, you know what I'm going to talk about this episode? Bitches be lying. That's what's up. Bitches be lying. And what do I mean by that? Well, I mean, when I had a kid, you know, people kind of tell you, oh, it's hard, but... Mm, there's a lot of dark feelings and things that nobody talks about. Because if you, God forbid, say that you don't like a part of parenthood, you're somehow a horrible human being and a disgrace to motherhood. <laughs> I think it's more of a, it's a lady issue. I, I think that women uh, don't want to admit to having sometimes negative feelings towards being a mom. Um, maybe feelings of inadequacy, maybe feelings of anxiety and panic and dread. Um, and at the same time, amazing elation, bonding, love, love you didn't know you could have, just all these feelings simultaneously living next to each other. That's the crazy part of having um, a newborn, which is what I have. He's going to be two months old on Monday, and um, it's the most horribly amazing thing I've ever done. It's amazing. It's beautiful. I love him. I would die for him. Um, at the same time, I'm thoroughly panicked a lot. Um, <laughs> I, I'm just afraid that he's going to die any second and that I'm doing it wrong. And uh, and it's really hard. It's super. And I know I had him. I did it voluntarily. I, I took fertility drugs to have him. Of course, I want my kid. But at the same time, man, it's um, I just feel like I feel like bitches did not tell me. I, nobody. T- and you can read the books. And the books all lie because they don't tell you the true feelings that you're going to have about this. <sighs> so I thought I would have a conversation with a varsity level mom, my friend Kat. She has two children um, and they're awesome kids. And, and her and her husband, Brian, they're, I think, what I consider to be pretty great parents and great people. And they've, uh, as far as like people that I see that have kids, they're, they're kind of the model that I go, yeah, that's how you do that. I think that's that's something I would like to emulate. So I I called Kat a while ago, panicked <laughs> about parenthood, and I, I told her we should have a conversation um, about the bitches, the bitches that be lying. Okay, let's do it. And I want to take this, I, I, I want to play um, David Bowie because he died a while back and I didn't even address it. I played him on the show before he died, though. Okay, I feel like everybody's all, oh, I love David Bowie when he dies. What What about before, okay? Okay, okay, I just, I was listening to him, and this is such a fucking great song. Um, Okay, here we go, intro song, that's deep, bro, let's go. Yeah. 
Okay, so I have with me um, an actual parent, a person named Cat. Say hi, Cat. Hi. <laughs> and I've known you for like how many? <laughs> how many years have I known you now? It feels like. Oh my gosh! Well, it has to be over ten because you yeah. were there when my son was born, so he's ten. So, but oh longer gosh. than that. Longer <clears> than <throat> that. We worked together in the animation business. It feels like an eternity mm-hmm. ago. And um, you have two children. And how old are they now? I don't even know. Uh, my God. my daughter, India, is 14, and my son, Ronan, is 10. Oh, my God. So, <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah, and I, I remember when they were so little. And, like, so, okay, so I called you about a week ago or two weeks ago, I don't remember now, in, in like, a kind of a panic because, I don't know, I'm, I have this newborn that I care for and, like, and I was just asking you when the anxiety and the panic goes away of having a kid. And you're so zen. Like, you're from Hawaii, and you're just so <laughs> calm. And I and I thought I would reach out to you, um, and, and we could do, like, an old-school mom versus a new school. Or, or just varsity-level mom and, like, toddler mom. I'm terrible at this. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm not, I still feel like I'm a junior varsity, but, you know, you, are, <laughs> I don't know if you ever move into the varsity until they move out. But Are you serious? Um, <laughs> No, I'm just kidding. Um, I don't, you know, I, well, I don't know. <laughs> but do you feel like when when will I get a grasp on what I'm doing? Oh gosh, you, well, you know, here's the thing. You know about parenthood. It's you're always evolving because you know once you master the infant stage, then they move on and they're now toddlers. And then once you master that stage, they're now kids and you know it's it's constantly evolving that's the thing so you know i mean i guess there's a grain of truth to the fact that i mean you never really master it because you're always moving into a new era you know i'm kind of getting into teenage years that's a horrible answer i I hate you so much (laughs) no but you know what you do master it when you have your second Ah, never (laughs) happening you've already been through it uh, you know, but with your first one, you're you're moving into new territory constantly. I mean, you know, now with India, my daughter, I'm moving into teenage years. Uh, oh, my gosh. So she's, it's, she's a, so it's a good. whole different thing. And, you know, she's going to be driving, you know. I mean, she's 14. You know, I think in here in California, they get their licenses at, what, are they, their permits at 15 and a half or something. And yeah. so, you know, that's going to be a whole new ball game right there. And what's you know? the, but so, what's the, are we, Excuse me. What's the emotion? Is it is it the, the fear of like, oh my god, she can drive now? What's she doing out there in the world? Or what's other people doing to her? Like, what's the what's the feeling? I think for I think for me, the fear is um, other people. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I trust her. I, I really trust her. She's a good kid. You know, she made honor roll today, by the way. Hey now. <laughs> uh, yeah, and um, so I trust her, but I worry about if she gets into another situation with someone else, like if someone crashes into her or, you know what I mean? Like I'm more worried about other people and how she'll react yeah. to other people. So, so like, you know, okay. So then how do you deal with that anxiety? Like, I feel like you, I feel like I'm perpetually worried about this kid. Like, does that ever go yeah. away? Like, when do you not, <laughs> when, when can I, wait, no, wait, it, let me put this this way. When can I act the way my parents did where they just didn't give a shit? Cause I feel like, <laughs> I feel like, is, is, do I just have to be a shitty parent? 
you know what? They probably did give a shit, but they just didn't show you, you know? Yeah, I mean, we no. hide certain things from our kids so we don't freak them out, you know? Yeah. Um, you know, if my daughter saw how much I freaked out over her on a daily basis, she'd be pretty scared, I think. Um, you know, they probably were freaked out a lot, but they just didn't show you, you know? I don't know. I could be wrong. Yeah. You know, your parents did it. I do. Well, I my know, mom Kat. was a total <laughs> worrywart. I mean, my mom freaked over, freaked out over everything. So, and what did that do you to know, you? She was as always a kid. scared. And, and what did that do to you as a kid? Like, did you feel that anxiety? Um, you know, sometimes, yeah, and then other times, I'm like, oh, she's crazy. You know, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like, you know, like, oh my god, you're you're way too paranoid. You know. Or, or sometimes I'm like, yeah, yeah, I would think like when I was a teenager, you know, when you're a teenager, you feel like you're invincible. So I think when I was in my teenage years, my mom was just, okay, you're crazy, <laughs> you know, yeah. that kind of thing. Because she was afraid of everything. I mean, she really was. Oh my God, so was mine. But I think, I think when I was a kid, though, when I was younger, her freaking out freaked me out because like, she was afraid I had scoliosis and she was buying <laughs> me back braces, you know, and it turns out that. I didn't. I didn't have it. So, oh. you know, I, she didn't let me, she didn't let me uh, do gymnastics, you know, because oh. oh, you have scoliosis. So, like, <laughs> and she would show me these like, videos, you know, these, like, like books on these crazy, either, these kids who had these really crazy cur- crooked backs, and I was always worried I would have that one day, you know? Oh, my God. So, That's so funny. So, yeah, don't freak out your kids that way. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's funny. My mom was convinced that I needed to see a chiropractor, too, because one of my legs was, like, half an inch shorter than the other one, and then it was, like, these panic trips to the chiropractor where this guy would drag me by my shorter leg across the room i'm like what oh my the fuck is that yeah oh like, my god <laughs> both, both of our moms were obsessed with our spines and our our growth right weird you want to hear a funny story and this <laughs> is the honest to god true story when i was a baby because my dad you know he's japanese and he he's slightly bow-legged <laughs> and so when i was an infant this is not i'm not kidding my mom actually bound my legs together oh jesus when i was oh, sleeping i'm not not in a cruel way not in an abusive sure, way sure Kat. but she did kind of bind my legs together okay so and she told me this that so i wouldn't be bow-legged oh my god oh my god i know what a i mean i am not bow-legged so i don't know if it works i guess it works i don't know <laughs> maybe your, maybe your mom was a genius yeah she fixed it <laughs> maybe oh my god so uh, also, okay, so speaking of um, of stuff you don't tell your kids and stuff nobody talks about, uh, I found that having a kid, like the pregnancy was its own special thing. And people tend to tell you how horrible that can be. Uh, but I feel like, I feel like bitches be lying about the other part. I feel like nobody adequately told me about how horrifying the newborn months are. The first 90 days of a baby's life is fucking crazy and and a yeah, lot of my friends is. never told me and then when i ask them now they're like oh we didn't want to scare you and i like i wonder <laughs> i know it's just so <laughs> shitty because like is people what people forget these horrible months is that what this is and you guys don't tell other people yeah. i you know i think some people really honestly forget you know that's why they have more kids because oh. if they didn't forget oh. all kids are the only children i, <laughs> I know it, it's weird you know it's there's some kind of maybe it's part of our natural biology that you're just made to forget so that you do have more kids i don't know so (laughs) but maybe some of them did like hide it from you because they didn't want to scare you you know did you forget is that why you had ronan 
Um, yeah, partly. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, you know, I have to admit that, um, well, my, first of all, having India was hard. I mean, you know, compared to other women, I mean, there were women who've been in labor for hours and hours. I was actually in labor for two hours. So it was what? pretty short. Oh, my God. Yeah, I was in labor for two. I actually went to work that day and <laughs> dropped. And, like, oh. my coworkers were like, you need to go to the hospital. I'm like, are you sure? I mean, I feel <laughs> fine. I didn't feel any pain or anything. Oh I God. went home. And I'm telling Brian, I said, hey, you know, maybe we should go to the hospital. My friends are, like, saying that it, the baby looks low. And he's like, well, can we go to Fry's first? Because I want to buy a camera. <laughs> <laughs> so we went to the hospital thinking, okay, we'll just get checked out, and then we'll leave, and then we can go to Fry's. Well, they uh, checked me out, and they said, no, you're 90% of faith. You're not oh. going anywhere. Oh, my God. Yeah. Wow. And then Brian was like, but, but I wanted to go to Fry's. <laughs> you know, you wanted yeah. to go to Fry's and go buy a camera and take pictures. Um, um, yeah, so, my, yeah, my, so that was, it was really quick for me. It was like fast, but, but it was ultra painful because I didn't have any drugs. That's horrifying. So, but, wait, so, but, the, but, but the thing is, is that labor and delivery and breastfeeding is nothing compared to, in my opinion, the first 90 days of this kid's life, which is like boot camp, and it's <laughs> fucking terrible. I mean, you're. It is. Yeah. You're, you're just your your every waking moment is dedicated to keeping this thing alive and there's no time to take a shit. You have to put the kid down and let the kid cry. <laughs> and right, maybe yeah. you'll brush your teeth today. Like nobody tells you that it, the intensity of this transition from being a normal human being who had a life to ha- living in your pajamas for 3 months. Like that's this right, is the second right. month that I've been wearing pajamas every day. I don't I don't go outside. <laughs> I barely eat. It's real <laughs> yeah and you feel like really horrible like your body is changed your body is so different yeah i remember like looking at my boobs for the, oh my god and like oh my god they don't look the same you know? oh my <laughs> this god. Is kind of sad <laughs> my everything looks like a loose meat sandwich now everything all of it right just boobs <laughs> right my right, frankenstein right. vag that was sewn up my my stomach is loose everything's horrible but Okay, well, listen, yeah. I'm going to, and here's, here's why I'm bringing this up. It's not just to bitch about having a newborn, but I think it's to open a dialogue because remember when Brooke Shields went on Oprah and admitted to having postpartum depression? Do you remember that? Mm-hmm. And everybody yeah. was like, oh my God, somebody finally said something. Well, my thing is like, why are we all not talking about the shitty part of having kids? And I'm not saying I don't love my son and it's a most, it is the most amazing thing to have done. And it's also simultaneously one of the hardest and most horrible things. It's like horribly awesome Mm -hmm. to have a kid. Right, right. (laughs) Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's so true. It's horrible and awesome. But no, but but there's nothing else in the human experience that's comparable. You know what I mean? Like there's nothing else. So it's even hard to describe to people. But why does nobody talk about the shitty parts? Why are we not having an open dialogue, I guess? Is what I'm asking. You know, that's a good question. I think, and you know, you go into it with this fairy tale kind of idea because, yes. you know, you have these women who, you know, I bonded with my baby. Oh my God, it was just <laughs> amazing. And, you know, I'm sure that, that for some it's true, but for a lot, it's not. It's not that way at all. I know for me, when I had India, first of all, I had lost so much blood. I don't. I don't know if this is too gross to no, share, but never I had lost a lot of. I had lost a lot of blood because I tore like in three places because she came so fast. Because I wasn't in labor for hours and hours and hours, I had no time to like stretch, you know, that kind right. of thing. 
So she came. I literally pushed for 30 minutes. So I like tore in three different places. And so I lost a lot of blood and I was really weak. And they put this baby in my arms and I'm like, yeah, what the fuck do I do? (laughs) I was just like, yeah, I, I literally looked at her. I said, I don't know her. I don't know what this, I don't know what, I don't know anything. I was really freaked out. It was, and it wasn't that beautiful bonding moment that a lot of women talk about, you know. Mm-hmm. It was just like a big, huge question mark <laughs> on my forehead going, I have no clue what to do. I don't know, you know. Yeah. Um, it was. And I had, and you know, Brian and I waited eight years and we read all the books and everything. But, but none, when it happened, you were, you're not prepared. No. Not at all. None of those books really prepares you for any of this. That's my problem, too, is because I don't feel mm-hmm. like they're... I don't find these books to be honest. I don't think there's anybody mm-hmm. that's... I, I think it's the cult of motherhood that the w- women are afraid to say, God forbid, I'm not perfect at this. I don't know what the fuck yeah. I'm doing. And sometimes yeah. I don't enjoy this. I, don't, I didn't enjoy right. learning how to breastfeed. That was horrendous. I didn't enjoy yeah. birth. I didn't enjoy all of pregnancy. There are parts that were less terrible, you know, but... Yeah. I love my kid, and obviously when he smiles, it makes up for everything, and it's um, fucking amazing. But I think women are afraid to admit that that we're not perfect, and that it and that it's hard, and it sucks sometimes. It, you know, I think so. I think it's that you know Facebook culture that you always have to put on that perfect yeah. face for oh. social media. You know, and it, you're so afraid to be real. You know, for everyone else. Yeah. Cause I, I mean, yeah, I had, yeah, oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. No, go ahead. Uh, go breastfeeding ahead. for me was super, super hard. I mean, I, I remember struggling with that. She just didn't latch on. She, for some reason, she just would not latch on. And I really was scared. She was going to starve to death, you know? And I, of course. and then, you know, as a woman, you feel like you're a failure. Like, why can't I breastfeed my child? You know? And oh. you feel horrible, horrible. Well, that's the part that I don't understand is like, why do we feel horrible? Why should I feel horrible? Because my husband doesn't feel horrible about it. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, that's a, yeah, you know, that's a good question. I think that we feel like, I mean, I guess I went into it thinking, well, this should be natural. This shouldn't be so difficult. Why is this difficult? You know, I mean, mm-hmm. you see in the news and in pictures, magazines, that oh, all women breastfeed and it's better for your baby. And, and then why can't I do it? You know, you feel like, What's wrong with me? You know, you take it very personally sometimes. Yeah, and I think I think that's the problem is the culture makes mother... It fetishizes motherhood. Um, like, for instance, uh, when I was pregnant, I would look at, like, um, the tabloid magazines, and it, the Kardashians were pregnant at the same time I was, and it was like, mm-hmm. baby bliss, you know? Like the, right. <laughs> and, right. And I remember, I mean, here I am up at 4 a.m., 5 a.m., 6 a.m., feeding my kid going, wait a minute, where's the bliss? Like, what What the fuck right. are they right. talking about? It's Right, yeah. It's like, mm-hmm. it's marketed as this idealized, idyllic thing. Yeah, it's, it's the ultimate womanhood, right? And if you don't have a kid, God yeah. forbid you don't have children. Oh, well, you're not a woman. Mm-hmm. God oh, forbid. yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. God. You're a failure, you know? Oh. <laughs> Uh, What's wrong with you? Listen, you know? I want to. Um, yeah, so go ahead. Yeah, it, it, for me, it took like a while to really, you know, because I everything, you know, you, like I said, you read the books and you think, okay, I got this, and then you experience the real thing. And it just doesn't go as planned. I mean, you know, no. Um, and you didn't breastfeed right away. It took a while, and I was really worried she was going to starve. You know that kind of thing. Um, I remember changing her diaper, and she had like 
oh God, she's going to kill me for saying this, but you know, she had like diarrhea and it went all over the carpet, you know, oh. and I was like freaking out, like, oh my God, it's all over the floor, you know, oh. I just, just that kind of craziness, you know, and, and also when I'm not a, I was always afraid to hold babies. You know, there's some people that just, they see a baby, they want to hold it. I no. was always the one like, I don't, I don't want to hold it. I'm no. afraid I'm going to smother it or something or drop it, you know, that mm-hmm. kind of paranoia. And so when India was like really little, I was always just, oh, I was so afraid to hold her, you know, cause she's so mm-hmm. tiny and frail and, you know, and mm-hmm. so I would say that the bonding and, and the bliss happened gradually and it came a lot later, you know. Like the bliss at 14, I'm totally blissful now, but, <laughs> you know, yeah. it was hard in the beginning. It really was. I agree with you that I, I've never, I've only ever held a baby once before my own. And I did feel like, I, mean, I did bond with him immediately. I did have that like, oh my God, I fucking love you so much. But then I'm also mm-hmm. afraid of him. And I think that's the, my, my issue mm-hmm. is I'm terrified of hurting him. I'm not, of, of. Right of dropping him, all that stuff of like, yeah, am I not picking up on, do you have meningitis? What is, is this a fever? Right. Like, oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> um, panic. SIDS, you know, all that SIDS, kind of, oh, know, that kind fucking of SIDS. <laughs> Why, I mean, if I have to read one more internet article about the, the SIDS thing, oh my God. Um, oh, I know. There's such scare tactics when it comes to that stuff, you know. Um, yeah. You know, I remember buying those little, foam triangle things to like make sure in the crib she doesn't turn over you know and and I'm like well how did women do this 200 years ago you know (laughs) you know makes you wonder oh a horse 200 years what about in the 70s I saw pictures of me as a baby my crib face down loose blankets everywhere my arm shoved (laughs) through one of the slats in the crib like Please, that was seventy six, y'all. Like, and then the car seats back then too what, were just what like car nothing. Seats? Yeah, like, what car seats? Thin plastic. What are you talking about? Yeah, it's whatever. There was no safety, and we all survived. And uh, we sure did. Yeah. So listen, I want to read this email that I got. I'm not going to say this person's name, but. I just, it was so funny because I, <laughs> I'm just going to read it. It's, it's so, it's okay. It says, dear main mommy. Yes, bitches do be lying about having kids. And this is a topic that I've felt for a long time that needs to be addressed in our society. Being a parent can absolutely suck the meanest of mean dicks and nobody really wants to admit or even talk about it. Everyone wants to warn you about the lack of sleep, but nobody tells you that no matter what, there will come a resentment towards your child after day in and day out, filling their every need and having little to no time for yourself. And then when you recognize that resentment and have to carry the guilt and shame of, holy shit, am I some kind of monster? What's wrong with me? (laughs) Everyone else seems so happy to be around their kids all the time, especially now that Facebook is there. There you go, Kat. Uh, To make sure everyone else's (laughs) perfect lives are there for you to look at and enjoy. How come I don't see pictures of their seven-year-old that still refuses to wear clothes around the house? (laughs) Then there's the emotional toll it takes on your relationship with your spouse. It's crazy. And it was a huge shock to me. Before our first child was born, my wife and I had been together for 12 years. 12 motherfucking years. We thought we knew everything about each other that there was to know. We almost never fought or bickered about anything. Always on the same page. We could finish each other's sentences. Let me tell you, that shit changes after you have kids. The lack of sleep. The inability to keep the house clean or picked up. The disciplining the kids, the arguments with the kids, it takes a toll. And it didn't, 
it didn't take long for us to find ourselves in survival mode. That new person in your life will quickly put a wedge between you. And let's not forget the financial black hole that kids become. <laughs> uh, sometimes I swear it feels like we were GIs stepping off the troop transport on Normandy Beach and walking into a hail of bullets we couldn't hear or see before the ramp was lowered. And eight years later, we've only made it a few yards from the boat. We thought we knew what we were getting into, but in so many ways, we had no idea what we were about to unleash. And just when you think you can't take it anymore, after the 10th shitty day in a row, all they have to do is smile and do something cute, and suddenly you forget all the bad stuff. Unfortunately, that's just a resetting of the clock, and it all starts over again, and they'll be screaming for a glass (laughs) of water or breaking the dish you told them five fucking seconds ago, don't touch, LOL. So there you go. Does that sound accurate, Kat? Is that that really what goes on? (laughs) I'm only two months into the game. Poor guy. (laughs) I have a feeling he had a boy first. (laughs) You know, I have to say that, you know, um, I have a boy and a girl, and, but I had India first. And I have to say that if I had Roman first, I, I, I probably would be just like this because he was just so different. I mean, India was really mellow and I don't know if that's a girl or boy thing, but I just, he had so much more energy. I mean, and he started crawling. He started walking a lot sooner than India did. So, and he was getting into everything. So it was hard. He was definitely harder, but easier in the fact that I was already experienced with India. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yes. So, but if I had him first, oh my God, that would have been really, really <laughs> like added craziness, you know? What about the resentment? But I feel for this guy. Do you have resentment towards, um, I mean, obviously not towards them as people. Like, I think we need to keep this discussion a bit more gen- like it's not like you resent Ronan as a person or India as a person but I mean look I got to be honest sometimes I resent the the structure that I'm in you know that the woman has oh, to yeah. take care of the baby because my body has to care for him and you know my husband gets a life absolutely. I don't get a fucking life right now you know right absolutely oh yeah I felt that and I think all mothers do and if they don't they're lying yeah <laughs> honestly I mean I think they do because I you know, I, my kids are pretty good, but I, there were times when I'm just like, I kind of want to run away and go to a hotel and not tell anyone where I am, you know, of course. <laughs> sometimes there are days like that, uh, um, you know, and then you calm down and then, you know, you, you think about how, you know, and then reality takes in and then it's okay. But you know, you always have those feelings. That's normal. Yeah. I was walking. The I don't dogs. think anyone will admit it though. No, that's, that's the part that sucks and is really alienating is that, you're seen as some kind of a monster if you have these bad thoughts and bad feelings, but they're just right, that. Yeah. They're only thoughts and feelings, and you would never act on it. You know, it doesn't... Like I was Absolutely, walking, right. I was, Yeah, I was walking the dogs like four weeks in, and I remember thinking, I can just keep walking. I could keep walking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just go. Just go. Just keep going. Just keep... Yeah. Thelma and Louise it, right? Like, fuck this. <laughs> yeah. But like... But then yeah. you... You know, like you just said, you kind of you deal with your ugly thoughts and your, your ugly feelings and you, you wrap it up and you cry a little or whatever. And, or you eat another piece of cheesecake and then you go home and, and you, you go right. through it. Right. <laughs> yeah. I think the key is to not let that make you feel guilty because I think yeah. that we have in this culture, this very guilt, um, trippy kind of, you know, if we feel these things that were bad, you know, and these are normal, these are normal feelings. I mean, I think everybody has them, you know, but I think not, how can you not exactly? And I think because it's directed at a helpless child, 
that that's that's where people think like, oh, what a monster that you're saying. Like, how dare you? This right. Is help. Right. They didn't ask to be born. You right. Know. <laughs> right. It's your choice. You know? right. <laughs> oh, and it and it was <laughs> and it totally was. And I mm-hmm. deliberately I really created. I mean, I took fertility medicine for Christ's sake to have this kid. Mm-hmm. It wasn't an accident. But then you're like, dude, I was not prepared. Like, where was the memo? I yeah. fucking missed that book. I, you know. Right. Okay, what and about... nothing prepares you. Yeah, n- so what about this the spousal thing? Let's talk about that. Is that true? Oh, no. You and Brian seem really happy, I have to say. Um, you know, I, we, you know, we just talked a lot before we had India. So, you know, we were always like, okay, this is how we want to do with punishments. This is how we want to do, you know, this and that. And so we kind of had... I don't know. We kind of had talked it out beforehand, so we didn't go through as much um, of this. Um, I don't know. Maybe I don't know if this. Maybe they didn't. I don't know um, because as far as disciplining the kids and arguments with the kids when they were younger, we were always kind of in the same boat. You know what I mean? We, I mean, I don't know what's the right thing to say, but we just agreed with each other. So we didn't have too many disagreements about the kids. And the one thing we read that um, made it better for us is that we always discussed things first before we made any decisions. Right. If that makes sense, you know? So well, you guys we, are at rare. this part... Sorry, you guys are rare, though. You've been together since <laughs> you were like 12 years old, and you've been together forever. <laughs> And you guys are really in sync, though. I would say that you guys are really, really uh, a rare couple, like really sweet and loving. And like, well, you know, what's interesting is that our relationship started out like our relationship with our kids, because early on it was rough. I mean, the first five months of our marriage was really rough because, I mean, we did get married young. We got married after three months. So, you know, (laughs) I mean, we're still getting to know each other and I would never, ever wish that on anybody, you know. Um, but we were still getting to know each other when we were first five months of our marriage. So we did fight a lot. And so I would say that by then we had worked everything out. So we kind of grew together, sort of like how our kids did, you know, it wasn't all roses in the beginning, but it grew to that, to be that way, you know? Yeah. I think this lack of sleep thing, um, is what really ruins your life with the, with the new baby because, um, that's, yeah. that's the problem. Cause like, well, honestly, if I had slept normally and then I would just deal with him during the day, like, I think it's a lot different. I think sleep, sleep deprivation is how they torture, you know, people at Guantanamo Bay with, and, and there's a reason. Yeah. <laughs> like, and I think that's, I think honestly, that's a big part of this man's hell, you know, is the lack of sleep. I think that's yeah. probably the biggest part of it. And because, you know, when you're tired, you're cranky and you just, you hate life and there's nothing fun about anything. So mm-hmm. for us now, Brian and I were night owls to begin with. I mean, we were already used to staying up till four in the morning, watching movies, <laughs> you know, right. hanging out, talking, you know? And so we kind of, I think we're rare in the fact that when we had India, staying up was not a problem for us. But then, And I think that's what got us through it, you know. And then did you sleep during the day? Like, how did, when did you guys sleep? Oh, yeah. Here's the thing. All new mothers need to have help in the beginning, oh, I my think, God, yeah. of an experienced mother. Now, the first couple days was a blessing for me because my mother-in-law was there, who, I mean, the, the, the day after, you know, when we came home, 
I mean, she had breakfast on the table every morning for me. You know, wow. she cooked, she did all the cooking. And so what made it easier is that Brian and I were night owls. So we would stay up till like three, four in the morning, taking care of India and just watching TV. And then during the day, my mother-in-law had her, you know, wow. of course she was so excited to have her. So, um, she had already, she was already the, she was the varsity mom at that point because she already had, you know, my husband and my sister-in-law. Yeah. Oh my so God. She was, she was a pro mom at that point. So it was easy for her. She was a grandma. She was in grandma mode, you know? So I think that helped a lot, helped mm. us out a lot. Yeah. yeah that sleeping helps. I have, I have a nanny that we've hired who's been like a lifesaver. I mean, mm-hmm. when we came home from the hospital, she was there already, and we were like, oh, my God, thank you. Like, she cooked, she took the baby, and we could take a nap. Because you can't sleep in the hospital. You don't sleep for shit in the hospital. Yeah, yeah. right. And, right. Uh, God, thank goodness for this woman that's helping us right now. Otherwise, I don't, I don't know how people do it without without outside help, because it is it is fucking horrendous. That I, It's probably really, really hard, and maybe that adds to the postpartum, you know, depression. How many kids does this guy have? I, I don't know if he did. Did he say it somewhere, and I didn't? I didn't, I didn't, I, it sounds like this is his first <laughs> because, you know, right. I mean, this, this is the kind of first child reaction you, by your second child. You're kind of more experienced and things are a little bit easier. Oh, he has two. He has two kids. He says, oh, does it say that? yeah, he goes fucking shit. How do people have five, six, 20 kids? Just two kids burned through the gross national product of a small third oh. world nation. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. <laughs> You know, I think, too, like for us, like we spent way too much money buying stuff we didn't need for India. You know, I think the $900 crib, you know, they, the thing is, as new parents don't fall for this, but they get you with fear tactics. You know, I mean, we went to this like baby thing where they were like showing us, oh, you know, the, this is what could happen to your child if you have a bad, you know, high chair. And they show this doll in this high chair falling and, (laughs) you know. know. Like the head's gonna come off, you know, and, know. and then it, they scared us. They scared us into buying all thousands of dollars worth of this oh. fancy high chair and oh, yeah. and you know stuff oh. like that. And we really didn't need it, you know. No. Sids, really the neck is pro- the neck muscles are gonna atrophy. Uh, the baby the diarrhea, I <laughs> like right. just everything. The we spent money on this horrible rocker. It's like, it's called Four Moms. I probably shouldn't say the product name, but it's like an electronic rocker. And it is the fucking worst thing ever. The kid hates it. He screams the minute we put him (laughs) in it. You know what he likes? He likes the $20 piece of shit bouncy chair that I got on Amazon. (laughs) Like the plastic rickety thing that has a battery in it. Like, you know, they don't want the external one. He wants to sleep on you. He doesn't want to sleep in the fucking bassinet. Yeah. God you know, we, we bought this $900 crib from this, this baby thing that we went to. And it was like the special safety. It's rated for like 400 <laughs> right. pounds. And I don't, I don't know why it would have to be rated that. Pounds. But yeah, and it has like side, uh, like the, the rail on the side had doors. So you could, you know, oh, when your baby's like crawling or starting to walk, they won't climb over you know, the rail and fall and break their necks, you know. And so they really got us with fear tactics. She must have slept in that crib three times. <laughs> she hated it. Absolutely hated it. Um, oh. we, what we did in the beginning, and I know this will freak a lot of parents out, but it worked for us, is we co-slept. Yeah, a lot of people do. It's we, like, you know? Yeah. 
it was so much easier. We got to this little foam thing. So, you know, we'd she'd be separated from us and we don't roll, we didn't roll over or anything like that, but I could latch her on and go back to sleep. And that was so much easier. Oh my God. You know, I'm considering the, it yeah. It's uh, I know if there's everything. And by the way, every parenting decision you make will be harshly criticized by people online and other mothers will, uh, oh, absolutely. Which is so stupid, too. I don't know why anybody it gives is. a shit about how anybody raises their kid. Yeah. Uh, but Yeah, that is so true. I mean, we, we co-slept with her probably until she was about two or three. And I know parents would be like, oh, no, they need to be separate. You know, she's 14, and she's so independent yeah, now. Yeah, she's fine. You know, she's, I mean, she had her own room. <laughs> no problems at all. So. No, she's a good kid, too. You know. She's a high-achieving, uh, bright. They, yeah. Both your children are extremely well-adjusted, normal, healthy, happy kids. Thank you. So you guys did it uh, right. Just so, for the record, just so this person who wrote this email doesn't think I'm punking them out, just know that at the end of this email, this person writes, um, so you know how real the parental guilt is? I'm feeling like a real shithead as I reread what I just wrote. What an asshole. So just so you know, this, this person uh, does feel guilt. We all do. I yeah. actually like this guy. I love yeah. his honesty. <laughs> you know, uh, you're in the club, man. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Uh, so, okay. So listen, you're an experienced mom. Um, you're the varsity mom. I'm, I'm the peewee squad. Is there anything you can tell me, any advice to help me through this? Please. I'm looking to you. Help me, Kat. <laughs> well, what, what exactly are you going through at this stage? Let's, uh, okay. I'm terrified of the first time. Tell me he, what's your tip. Yeah, the first time he gets sick. I think I'm just terrified of, of him getting sick and having a fever. That's my worst fear. How old is he? Two months. Oh, he's still very young. Well, I, you know, I think your fears are normal because he's so young, you know, yeah. that those fears will go away. As, I mean, you have to remember that as they grow and develop every day, they're getting stronger. Their heart's getting stronger. Their lungs are getting stronger. The brain is getting stronger. The muscles, everything is getting stronger. So those fears will go away. It will, it, you know, and a lot of it. You, <laughs> you yeah. know, yeah, of course, it's all um, me. It's all me. It's not him. It's all me. It's all happening in my yeah, head. You know, what? yeah. Um, so but you know, there's uh, nothing I can do, though, right? I mean, he's going to get sick eventually. Yeah, of course. And you know, you, this sounds terrible, but you kind of want them to get sick because when they get sick, that's how they build their immunity. Their immune systems get stronger. You know, um, that doesn't happen if they never get sick. I don't like that answer. I still don't like that answer. (laughs) You know, like, okay, we, okay, let me just be honest here. I'm not the best housekeeper. You know, I'd love to be Miss Perfect Martha Stewart. I'm just not that. But at the same time, my kids have strong immune systems. (laughs) They sure do. I mean, hey, you know, when they were toddlers, I'd let them play in the dirt. You know, go play in the dirt. It's okay. And I didn't overdo the antibacterial stuff. Dirt is good. You know, they are strong kids and they rarely got sick. Yeah. Um, they might have had, I think Ronan had one ear infection. Wow. His whole life. Oh, wow. You know? Yeah. So, but you know, it's like, I, I wasn't that, I, I guess maybe I wasn't paranoid about that. I wasn't paranoid about the sickness. I wonder why I am. I, much, you know? I think I'm paranoid because when we got our dog, uh, he got really sick. And I, for some reason, I link the two things of like, this thing I cared for got really sick. I don't know. I got to talk to my shrink about mm-hmm. it. Um, but like, okay, so what about just long-term advice? Any, any mistakes you made that you would tell me not to make? 
um, at this at this stage, baby stage, or later? Any any mistakes you've made that you oh, want to help me so that I don't do them? Uh, well, first of all, don't overspend money on buying things you don't need because this stage is very short. Mm, good it seems like forever, but you know, people will try to con you into buying, spending money for this and that. You need this for safety. You need that. Really, don't buy into that because you know, before you know it, they'll be crawling, walking, and you know, pretty soon they'll be a little toddler, and you know, they'll be in school. So the baby stage is really, even though it seems like crazy long, it's not. It's really, really short. And I, I think we, Brian and I, with India, we just spent way too much money yeah. on stuff because we we're we we're scared tactics, scare tactics, and we were so afraid of danger and this and that, you know. And, yeah. and really, if you just watch your kid, just watch them, <laughs> you know, yeah. you know, then they'll be safe. Yeah. They'll be safe. You'll be there to, you know, you know, you don't leave your child in a high chair unattended for long periods of time. So, you know, if it was going to fall, you'd be there, you know. Yeah. It's crazy the things they will, you know, scare you with. When when does that start? When they start? When do they walk? I don't even know this stuff. <laughs> I believe it, it's around five months when they are able to turn over. Once mm. they are, once they're able to turn over, like oh from God. their back to their stomach and their stomach to their back, that's when they'll almost start crawling around and scooting around. You know, wow, um, that's so soon. That's Ronan, only three months. <laughs> yeah, Ronan started. Ronan started early. He started walking at nine months. Oh my God. And India started about 12, you know. Wow. Um, yeah, the first, you know, once they begin crawling around, then they'll be able to almost like stand themselves up on tables and stuff. Like I know Indian Ronin would pull themselves up, you know, using like the table and then they'd be able to stand and kind of walk with holding the table. Um, and that happened, I used to say that happened about a month before they actually started walking <sighs> by themselves, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, God. Um, That's a whole other list of worries now that they can walk and yeah. run into them, put their fingers in things. And... Yeah. Oh, yeah. God. Baby gates are a savior. You need baby gates. I God, mean, baby it's... gates. And it's great for if you have a dog, too. You know, we use baby gates with our dog. Um, but, you know, baby gates, because, you know, when I'd be with her, you know, I, okay, you can't leave the kitchen. You can't go into the kitchen. You can't, there are certain, you know, like a lot of people get all the safety stuff for the kitchen. And I really didn't go that far with the kitchen because I just put a baby gate up. Yes. And they could not get to the kitchen, period. You know, because yeah. I didn't even want her in there. So I didn't even go crazy on the latches and, you know, like all that stuff. Oh, because fuck I just kept, yeah. you know, I just kept a baby gate to the kitchen and she couldn't get to the kitchen at all. So yeah, there, that's that just made it easier. Yeah, why not? Okay. And then did you put her in daycare or how did you do that? How did you go back to work? I, I like, I'm so curious how people do these things. Yeah, with her, she actually, I went, oh, it was so sad. I went to uh, work, I think she was six months. I went back to work. And I did find a daycare and that was, oh, that was a crazy process. Let me tell you about that. Um, she ended up, we ended up finding this really, really nice Persian woman, um, in LA that wasn't too far from my work. So, and she was really nice and she had a home and she ran the daycare out of her home and she only had like three, like two or three other babies. So, and she had a mother helping her. So we trusted her. But when Brian and I, uh, we looked at several, uh, daycares and some were actually pretty scary yeah this one this one lady i kid you not had two big 
scary dogs. I don't even know what they were. And the minute we came in to see her daycare, they were like almost attacking us. And I'm like, you're kidding me. You have mm-hmm. those kind of dogs around children. That was really scary. What an idiot. And then I remember this other one had all these kids just when we went in, just plopped in from the TV. Oh, no. <laughs> you know, they were, they were all like little kids just sitting there, mes- like almost like hypnotized by the TV. And we didn't like that either. So when we found the woman that we found, you know, she was old school. You know, she had a little playroom with toys and she, and it was baby gated so that all the kids were in together and she had toys, no TV. And, you know, she would sit in there and let them play and things like that. So she was very old school, you know. That's good. So, so you, you trusted yeah. her and then, okay. So then, so is that what India did until um, she was of school age? Like, is that how it worked? Yeah, I believe she she was there till she was about two and a half. And then, um, unfortunately, she, um, the woman moved. She was moving, so we had to move her. And then we moved her over to a Montessori school in Burbank. Oh, nice. And by then, you know, yeah. So it was kind of, kind of like a pre-preschool, you know. That's awesome. And, and they were really great. Yeah, it was really awesome. So, so I have one other question. Oh, sorry, sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt you. No, no, I was just going to say that, was, that that transition, those made it made it easier. Now, with Ronan, it was totally different because I, when Ronan was born, I actually quit work. So I stayed home with him. Yeah. So, okay, just as a as a question. To, so, okay, wh- when will I sleep again? Oh, gosh. Well, you know, he should find his rhythm. You know, I guess I want to say like, I don't, it's been so long for me, 14 years. Um, I would say about three, four months. He yes. should be able to be in a rhythm, yes. right? Yes. He's, okay, good. That's what, that's the answer I wanted. We're almost there. Okay. Just checking. You know, yeah, I mean, yeah. just, you, once they get into the rhythm oh. of their schedule, I think it happens when you start feeding them on a certain schedule, they'll start sleeping on a certain schedule, you know, unless there's any problems like, you know, coughs or anything like that, but. Right, he should fall into a rhythm. And the thing is, you know, if you can, I don't know how we did this with India, but she matched our rhythm. Like, for some reason, she slept when we slept. Yep. And yep. then she was awake when we were awake. You know, and of course, yep. we had crazy hours anyway. So maybe, you know, I don't know. We just kind of met. We just sunk up, you know, just thinks, you know. Yeah, he's doing that. He's starting to fall into it. He, he's almost there. Mm-hmm. But just, uh, I'm, yeah. excited. I'm excited to sleep a full night. A, a full night. Of sleep. Yeah. That's exciting. And, and I don't know what um, Tom's schedule is. Do you guys like take turns or anything? <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> yeah. You're laughing. Oh, uh, <laughs> hilarious. Uh, unless he can grow a pair of tits and feed this kid in the middle of the night, it's kind of, you know, it, it won't work because I breastfeed him. So I'd have to mm-hmm, wake up to mm-hmm. pump him anyways. It's like, I may as well just fucking do it, you know? Yeah, that's true. Well, you know what I did? Well, again, I don't Tell know. Me. Other, some parents don't feel comfortable with this, but. Because we co-slept with her, I just latched her on and went right back to sleep. Ooh, that's good. (laughs) I mean, Brian had this picture. He actually took a picture of me and, you know, with boob all hanging out and stuff. (laughs) Me and India are just passed out. But that's how it was. I just latched her, you know, whatever side I was on, I just latched her on that side. And I went right back to sleep. And then whenever she was done, she'd just de-latch and go back to sleep you know it sounds like hell so, sounds really good actually. yeah if you can like get into that rhythm that's awesome damn and how long did you do that for oh gosh um hmm, probably 
I, you know, I don't remember. It's been so long. Yeah, I, know. It's I think long. she, you know, I, I want to say I breastfed her for nine months, maybe. Oh my God. Shit. Maybe six to nine, you know? Oh my God. Oh. I don't remember. With Ronan, it was different because he actually couldn't take my milk. So things changed with him. Um, I had to bottle feed him. He just could not take my milk. He threw it up every single time. And so, yeah, it was awful for him. He, so I had to put him on this special formula that was like, I think it was like Enfermil AR and he could finally hold that down. But it turns out that early on he was allergic to milk. Oh God, that's terrible. Yeah. It was. It was really hard. And that's hard, too, figuring oh, out those yeah. things and the panic that ensues. I mean, I'm I'm blessed. I'm lucky that my kid just eats whatever the hell I put into him, you know, milk, yeah. formula, this and that. But, oh, my God, that's a whole other level of, of you know, panic as a parent, I'm sure. Yeah. <sighs> it, you know, my son, my son was allergic to almost everything um, at birth. You know, he they did a test or whatever. They did a blood test, and he was allergic to milk soy, wheat, oats, peanuts, egg whites, dust, and dogs. Oh, my God. That's everything. Yeah. It was everything. And we had a dog, and we're like, what are we going to do? We can't get rid of Mary, you know, and uh, it was awful. And so, you know, the doctor basically had us give him, you know, he, he what could he eat? He couldn't eat anything, you know. Um, we couldn't give him soy milk, couldn't give him almond milk, you know, Um you know, they say you shouldn't give goat milk to a baby. So, you know, but he had to have something. So I had to give him the formula. And then I think when he was of eating age, um, they took his least, um, whatever he was allergic to, the least amount, and would give it to him in small doses. Oh and, you know, like, I think the one time he broke out with oatmeal, like he had, like I put, I had accidentally put oatmeal, like some kind of lotion that had oatmeal in it. He broke out and I had to give him Benadryl. See, but over time, the thing is, I didn't freak out and go, oh, my God, let's throw everything out of the kitchen. Let's that's, get that's rid of our I dog. Do. I didn't do that. That's what I would do. I would freak out, and mm-hmm. I would I would put him in a bubble, and I wouldn't uh, do that. I'd be so scared. <laughs> right. <laughs> so now, here's the thing, though. Yeah, I had yeah. a friend who did that, who said that they just threw out everything, kind of not really kept him in the bubble, but in just kept him from everything. And now he's alert. He is allergic. Like if he walks by a Chinese restaurant that has sesame oil or peanut oil, he'll break out. Oh now God. I didn't do that. And I know there's some parents out there that condemn me for like, Oh, you could kill your kid. But, um, I always had the doctor, you know, on call or, you know, things like that. I was ready to call her if anything happened, but we did, we, we didn't immunize him from all that stuff. And now he's 10 and he eats everything. He's not allergic to a single thing. So, but Kat, do you think that this is just how your constitution is as a personality that you can handle? The, you know what I mean? Like, I, I think you're just a laid back person. You might just be more relaxed than me about about life in general. Like, you're just not as neurotic, maybe. Is that it? That could be part of it. How can I get more of your energy? Like, what what can I do to be more like you and less like me? <laughs> Oh God! <laughs> What's That's the a secret? Hard I don't. I, I don't know how neurotic you are. <laughs> I'm completely panicked. I'm neurotic as shit. I, I, if my kid were allergic to stuff, I'd be like, "Oh my God, his throat's going to close up. He's going to die. He can't breathe. You got to take him." Like I would be panic, panic, panic. Just um, chaos. Like what do you? What do normal? Well, you know, I think. Yeah. 
you know, part of it is, is my husband. Brian's very level-headed. And, you know, if I ever freak out, he's, there, he's always there to tell me, you're freaking out. You know, like, is Tom, does Tom, Tom ever, like, kind of go, hey, babe, you're overreacting? Does yes, ever, all the time. You know, because, like, because for me, when, if I overreact to something and Brian's like, look, here's the reality of things, you're overreacting, that calms me down. And that helps. Yeah kind of get me into a place where I'm like, okay, you know, if he says, you know, I guess I trust him. I really trust his opinion. So if he tells me one thing and I'm like, okay, then I, I believe him. And I'm like, okay, I'm not going to react. You know, and that helps. That helps a lot. So I don't know how you are when you, <laughs> you when you react to Tom saying you're overreacting, you go, shut up. You know, or, <laughs> no, I listen. believe him, you know? Yeah, I believe him because yeah. he, he doesn't want to rock my boat. Let me tell you, like he, he's a smart husband and that he doesn't, say shit to me that he knows will make me upset unless he has to kind of thing, you know? Right. And he's a smart guy. He's mellow. I think Tom's he's really mellow, right? super mellow. Super mellow. <laughs> oh, my God. All right. Yeah. Well, you know, identify what the, you know, identify that it's a, an irrational fear, you know? I mean, can you, are you able to do that? Like, yeah. identify, wait, this is a rational fear and this yeah. is an irrational fear. Yeah, that's what my know? shrink tells me. We walk through these fears. And then she tells me, like, what, what's irrational. But, you know, I was just hoping you'd have a quick fix for me. You know, one that I didn't have to, <laughs> I didn't have to, like, is there a pill I could take or, yeah, some, some magical I don't, You know, thing? I just take deep breaths, you know. I mean, I always tell my children when they get upset or if they get, you know, a full of anxiety, you know, deep, deep breath. You know, breathing is all, you know, feed oxygen, oxygen to the brain and it, Makes you think better, more rational, you know, and, like and maybe that, that will help. <laughs> so I mean, deep, I try to deep breathe if I get anxiety, you know, ever. Yeah, deep. so deep breaths, that's the key, right? Deep breathing, yeah. Feed your brain with oxygen. There you go. You know, all right. <laughs> well, that's pretty deep, bro. I, um, I appreciate you taking the time to talk to me. So breathing, oh, you just absolutely. have to breathe. This is fun. Oh, I really appreciate it, Kat. And like, I love you guys and I love your family and I think you guys are doing it right. Uh, not that my opinion Aww, matters. Thank you so much. A shit. But, a ditto, um, and I want to come visit. Here, yes. little baby. After he's five years old and he has no sicknesses. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> okay, after you're done with the paranoia space. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> wash your hands. Wash your body. Sure, I'll let you over. Right. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you I'll so much. I'll wear my plastic bubble. Oh, I love you, Kat. Thank you for um, talking. Aww, and I love I hope, you, too. Yeah, you're the best. Well, this is fun. Anytime, anytime uh, we can we can have another episode. This is fun. Let's do it, man. We'll think of something else in a few years. In a few years, we'll be talking about teenagers. How about that? Oh, absolutely. By then, I'll be total varsity mom. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. All right, dude. Well, thank you. I love you. All right. All right. Love you, too. Take Bye-bye. Care. Bye. Now what? I don't know. Philosophize with It's Christina P, a.k.a. Miss Jeans. This ain't your mom's house. It's a different theme. Gotta be critically thinking. Like you caught up at a cocktail party. Our thoughts start to sink in. John Locke. Or was it Socrates? Aristotle or Plato, maybe Hippocrates Got us talking all properly, topically Just a comedian discussing these philosophies Serious questions, silly people What's that? That's deep, bro 
is the ultimate metaphor for life. And you know what that is? What? That's deep, bro. That's deep, bro.